The personal is always political and the political is always personal. You're tuned in to Poppin' Policies with R. Jordan Davis. What's going on, Poppin' Policies fam? I have two guests joining me in the Situation Room, Nathan and Sierra. Nathan is a graduating senior at Prairie View A&M University and is running to be on the City Council of Prairie View, Texas. Sierra is a graduating senior at Spelman College and she is running to be on the City Council of her hometown, Anniston, Alabama. I am so proud of both of these individuals and even more proud to call them both friend. And so without further delay, let's get right into this conversation, focusing on young people in politics. Thank you so much for agreeing to join me in this conversation about young people in politics. I'm super excited. Thanks for having me, man. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yes. So first question, what made you want to run at this age what made you want to run at this particular time in your life run for office um well for me i personally felt like um why not now that was really the question that i asked myself i was afraid that you know maybe four years from now i wouldn't have a home to come home to um there we're on an economic decline we're on a social decline and i feel like it really takes someone other than necessarily a politician it takes a revitalizer it takes a leader it takes someone who has a heart for their community to be able to come in and revitalize it so i decided why not i want to be able to provide a space for people who look like me to live freely and to enjoy a quality of life um for me i feel like it was um you know more so um, I've always had like an eye in, you know, for, to potentially run for office. I just didn't know my time would potentially be so soon. Um, but I, but, you know, definitely as my friend said um, just a second ago, it's more so the fact is it's, you know, it's really our time to step up. And then when, when, I, when I took into account um, just what's going on in our world today and the need for the next generation, especially our generation to step up, when you think about the civil rights movement, um, and things of that major, the, the, the main people who were at the leading force of that was the younger generation, um, you know, the, the, the 20 to 25 year old. John Lewis, when he crossed them, was, you know, I believe 24 years old. So, it, you know, things that, you know, when you think about that, it's just um, young people have always been at the forefront of change. And if we're going to really pursue change for the next generation, it needs to be the young people leading it. So that's what kind of really ultimately made me decide to run in. Um, and so, yeah, that, that's, that's what I, that's how I'll answer that question. Uh, why city council? Why this particular office? And then tell us a little bit about the role of a city council person. Yeah, for sure. So um, a city councilman uh, is probably one of the, one of the most important um, elected, elected government officials um, that any citizen can elect. Um, it has direct control over the local government. Um, as you, you know, as many of you should know, um, if you don't know, I'm going to tell you that your local government um, controls basically your everyday functions of day-to-day -day life. They control what happens within the cities and within the communities that you live in, more so than your state and national government does. Um, so the city government controls um, the budget for the city. Um, it controls the um, how our city is set up. We're a mayor 
um, council structure type of government. So, uh, you know, so basically the, um, the, the council acts as the legislator and the mayor acts as an executive. Um, so um, when it comes to roads and when it comes to money for different economic projects and um, different um, floodings that's happened within our city, I know we have a huge problem within one area of our city that's been like flooded for like 20 years. Um, so when it comes to that, it's the city council, especially um, how my city is set up where we have five at-large positions. Uh, it's the city councilmen and women um, who are elected to fix the issues of the city um, and the mayor to oversee um, and, and to execute um, the actions of the council. Um, so that I'm really running to be a representative of a face um, and, a, um, and being able to voice the concerns of the many issues that I've heard um, from being a student here in Prairie View um, at the university. Um, I feel like I'm able to, I feel like I'll be able to trans, you know, translate the issues um, that I see on campus and within the community um, into that role on city council. Yeah, I definitely share those same sentiments and that's, that's pretty much how our city works as well. Um, for me, it's a little bit different. I, I grew up in the ward that I'm actually running for. So we have four wards um, and then we have a mayor. Um, so I'm running for the third ward and that's usually South and West Anniston. And that is the most um, neglected part of the city of Anniston. Um, and being that I grew up in this place, I have witnessed the decline in my city when it goes to educational efforts, economic efforts, um, environmental justice, things being in our soil. Um, it goes for roads and abandoned houses and drug rehabilitation. And there's so many things that I could just sit and talk about that is really plaguing the land that I'm, that I want to serve. Um, and noticing those things, knowing that I can have a direct, direct impact in using that position that I would be in, um, just shows me exactly what can be done. So I think, um, I think for me personally, just, just witnessing the decline is what pushed me the most um, in this way. And, and being so young and wanting to be a part of this leadership. Yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing from both of you. Um, so I know this is a big year in politics. You know, we have a presidential election. And I know Nathan touched on this just a moment ago about how important your local officials are. Can you just tell the listeners just how important it is for us not to focus solely on federal positions, on the president, on our congressmen, um, on our senators. While those positions are important, it takes a while for constituents to see um, a change when, uh, from that level, right? So you see more of a change, you see more of an impact when you're conversing, when you're in your councilman's space, when you're in your council person's space. So can you just talk a little bit of how important it is to not only vote um, for the big elections, but those smaller elections, those elections that really matter and make a community what it is. Yeah, I think what we're missing is um, educating people about why it's so important. I think growing, growing up, all, all I heard was, you know, the presidential election. I never heard of mayor and city council and county commissioners and stuff like that. I never knew how important it was to vote in a local election. From my own experience and what I've seen is there is a direct impact when you um, when you vote for these people who are in this local government. They are allowed to make ordinance, ordinances. They're allowed to plan these budgets that directly impact our schools, that directly impact our neighborhoods. And it's so important to make sure that when you're voting for this person, they have um, the heart for this. Because a lot of people, 
and like I said, from experience, they have their own agendas. And when we don't go out and we don't vote, we're left with people in these places and positions who don't really um, have the eye for it, who don't really, like I said earlier, have the heart for it. And so we see a lack, um, one, a lack of diversity in these positions. Um, we see a lack of leadership in these positions. Um, yeah. And just a lack of things just not being done correctly because we don't really educate ourselves on the importance of voting for these people. So that leaves room for other things to be put in place. Um, I, I definitely agree with everything um, she just said. Um, I, um, when it comes to local elections, it's like I stated a while ago in general, um, they're, they're crucially important. Like, they're really important. Um, they, the sales, from sales tax to property taxes, that all goes into the city. That that all that is all controlled by the city council. Um, how much and um, how much a property has, what businesses come into the city, um, the economic value of the city in itself. Um, it, it, that that that's all ran by the mayor to the city council from the local level. Um, and even from even from like you know getting involved in state government, you know local you know we need to be paying attention to all elections, not you know pertaining just the presidential elections, but really all from the local to the state to the national. Um, but even in the state where, where it controls our schools, you know the the federal government has no control whatsoever over education in itself besides student loans. Um, and it's important that um, the listeners really really know that right. that when it comes to education especially the federal government really has no control that's why there's 50 that's why um there's 50 different policies all across the 50 states of the united states then the education really goes back and forth it's really not consistent across the board i um, mean that's because um in the constitution um education is not listed in the constitution as a right to, um, for citizens um so it's not listed in the constitution as a right to citizen however it is listed in many of state constitutions all across the nation um so it's um so when just really going through all of this and it's really you know taking home to every every specific level um that kind of has jurisdiction over our lives i feel like every level is important um but when it comes to directly impacting us it's our state and local elections that we really need to be paying attention to yeah absolutely thank you both for that so shifting it just a bit i know politics is a profession where people expect you to be gray-haired um, much older. Have you gotten any opposition from running? Um, I definitely. I, I mean, I haven't got any. Um, I don't think I have got any like, you know, up face, you know, opposition. But I've definitely got an opposition. Um, and behind my back, and it's gotten back to me. Um, but yeah, I've definitely. I've already, I'm already starting to see, you know, what my mom calls them haters, and you know, and how they're going to um, try to, you know, try to find their way and smuggle their way um, into this campaign. But right. it's just really about running your race and running the um, and running the um, running my race and running how I feel I can best impact the city. Um, and I feel like that that we have a really strong message of head on how to um, bring advocacy, transparency, and unity to the Prairie View. Um, and so as long as I'm focused on the mission that lies ahead, you know, you know, I really don't focus too much on the opposition because the opposition is going to be there. Um, and then they're going to be there on election day when I win as well. So it's really going to be, it's really important <laughs> that, we, um, that we just continue to run our race and move forward. And that's one of the major things that I, um, 
that I that I um, that I grasped during my uh, when I was running for HGA president last year. Even though that I did not win, it was focusing on my race and how I can impact my race. Mm-hmm. And to this day, you can ask any former SGA president, any person who really studies the SGA races here on our campus, they will say that Nathan Alexander ran the best campaign that the school has ever seen. And I and I take pride in that because it's running your race, not focusing on the opponent, not focusing on the winners and losses, but running your race. That's good, good stuff. Yeah, that was really good. I definitely agree with Nathan. And I have definitely received opposition, but not, like Nathan said, not to my face, of course. Um, um, it's definitely, you know, been, came to me through others. Or I think it's definitely been more so about my age than absolutely anything. Um, being that, like you said, people expect you to be gray-haired and all tired and, and worn out. But um, I look at it like this. If I didn't have opposition or opposition, if I didn't have people wanting to derail my campaign, then I'm not competition enough. I'm not making people scared. Like, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. Um, my grandma used to tell me growing, growing up that Jesus had 12 disciples, thousands who loved him, but hundreds who hated him but he was doing the right thing. So with me moving forward and all this, knowing that there'll, there'll be plenty who don't like me, but there's plenty more where that came from who actually love me and support me and want to encourage me. And I think that this is what I'm called to do, not necessarily what I, um, what I feel. I, I feel like everyone has a calling and I know that this is my calling. So because I'm walking and allowing God to order my steps and, and I believe in the good Lord. So because I'm allowing God to order my steps, I know that I cannot fail. Um, and so opposition doesn't, it doesn't bother me. It excites me because it's proving to me that I'm doing the right thing. And that I do have, I am competition. I am someone to be a little nervous about. Y'all are ministering here on this uh, podcast. (laughs) Chill out. (laughs) But no, this is great stuff. And it's not just for the political realm. This is, this is great advice for life. You know, yeah, and I also did it before we before we move on. I also yeah. want to add as well, okay. like when it concerns, um, you know, even the race. Like, there's even people who I who I thought would even so you know would support me that I'm hearing that I'm hearing some stuff behind, um, yes. you know, behind a closed door. You know, so it's really crazy during this time as you try any, as you really just try to advance yourself and advance your profile. You know, you're gonna have people, even some of the people within your own circle, try to try to knock you down and tear you down. Keep staring, keep moving, and keep driving. Um, and really, you know, and how I always think about it is, if Barack Obama um, allowed um, people to tell him that he, oh, you just got to the Senate, you, you're too ugly, you know, you know, wait till your turn. You know, he could have really easily, you know, listened to them because he's only he was only in the Senate for eight months before he became president, and. He, you know, he could have easily listened, but instead he kept persevering and he kept pushing forward and became the 44th president, the first African-American president of our country. You know, so I think about things like that when it concerns just, you know, just persevering and pushing forward. Um, and, you know, I, like, I even have people on Capitol Hill, you know, that I guess when they heard that I'm running, I'm not going to mention any names, but when I heard they heard that I'm running, you know, they, they have some, they have some eyebrow risen. So I was just like, hmm. So it's, you know, you're going to have people in all types of environments try to knock you. You keep persevering and you keep pushing forward. That's good. That's good. That's amazing. I love it. I love it. (laughs) Right. Right. So with that being said, um, I am, optimistic about the future of politics. I think as years pass, we're going to see more and more young people uh, 
as candidates. And so for you all, where do you see the future of politics? Where do you see um, the future of uh, young people actually standing up, you know, in this generation, standing up to um, gray-haired opposition, if you will, um, and saying that we have we have something to say. We want to sit at the table as well. Where do you see the future of politics? I definitely see the future of politics in the hands of those who have the heart for it. I think a lot of times when we think of uh, politicians, it's it's a negative connotation. We think of people who have their own agendas people who are money hungry, people who are, you know, conspiring against, you know, just so many different negative things. But I see so many young people rising up against the entire system saying, hey, bump the usual. What we want to do is actually help. We, we're creating a collective identity. We want to support the collective identity. We want to, we want to lead a movement in empowering others because what we lack is vision and leadership. We have enough of the the money and we have enough of the the people in these high positions, but we're, we're lacking people who can actually inspire others to get up and move. People who have, who, who don't really have the heart um, for educating others are in these positions. So what I really see is young people who are stepping up and, and wanting to be somebody and wanting others to be somebody and making others feel important. And once we start movements like that, we won't see people not getting up and voting. We won't see people not being a part of the census. We won't see people not supporting their children because we have created a movement that is inspiring all types of people. Um, and I think that's definitely what we can look forward to in the future. And I'm definitely, I didn't even know about Nathan until now. And I'm just like, so there's people like me, people like him everywhere. And what, what if we got to a place where we all, could sit on podcasts or we can sit on you know at the table with each other and and feed off of each other and go back to our hometowns and inspire others like that's the type of movement that I'm seeing in this place so I think we're in good hands I definitely do yeah I um, agree as well like you know I feel like there's there's this there's beginning to be a shift and you know and I feel like the younger generation is definitely starting to wake up um, I'm a firm believer. I mean, I learned this when I went to my first political conference. It was a black, uh, the Black Millennial Convention. Um, I'm a firm believer that you know, if you don't get invited to the table, you know, you you know, you you pull up a folding chair. You you know, you pull up your folding chair, and they don't invite you. And even if you don't, even if they don't want you there, you make your own table. You know, so you know, and you know, and that's through anything, and that's through any environment that you see yourself. It doesn't even necessarily have to be within politics. But you find and you adapt to situations and you still, um, at the end of the day, you still advance your mission. Um, and I feel like young people all across America are, you know, are really beginning to, to really, you know, see their purpose, you know, especially as, um, as you know, our, our generation is really starting to get into a, a, a time in our lives where we're really starting to, you know, find our purpose within our lives. And what is that, what exactly what we want to do with our lives? Um, and so as we continue to do this and as we continue to um, push forward um, and go through our lives, I feel like there's going to be more and more people like myself, um, like Sierra, who are going to generally, you know, impact um, the next generation of this world. Um, it's not going to be easy, um, but we definitely got to, we're going to have to start making our own tables, start bringing our own folding chairs, um, because, you know, some of these policies that are, that are, that's you know that stem 
all the way back to slavery will not work for the next generation. Um, so we we got we we gotta we gotta move we, we gotta move different, and this country has to move different. Um, and so and that and that that that, and that really involves the younger generation stepping up um, and doing its part. Awesome, awesome. Um, so I'm gonna ask you. We're wrapping up, but I'm gonna ask you. Um, what is the biggest issue that is hindering your city, your respective city that you're running for, uh, running for city council for? Uh, what is hindering that city from its potential and what will you do um, when elected? Because I'm going to speak it into existence. When elected, uh, what will you do to rectify the issue? Um, I believe that one of the biggest issues um, that is facing our city um, at this current gesture. Um, besides, you know, us being in a food desert, a hospital desert, um, you know, besides any economic problems, besides any of that, I believe that it's the the division between the students um, in the community, um, and that that division is so is so wide you could even cross it if it's a bridge. It's like it's broken. Um, so I just, I want to find an opportunity to bridge and unify the city um, in the university uh, because there is no the city of Prairie View without Prairie View a and University. Um, and there is no Prairie View a and University without the city of Prairie View. Uh, we are one Prairie View. And I feel like it's really important that every citizen um, and every student um, from college students all across the nation kind of really put that into their mindset that, you know, that we are only as strong as the city that we're in. And our city is only as strong um, um as what we're in so yeah so i just want to you know that's really kind of my my mindset and how i want to really you know kind of you know kind of push and kind of what i want to push for especially as i begin um especially when i'm elected um for the for the city and these students to kind of come together as one Oh, that is such a hard question because so many things come to my mind i can think of the housing crisis I could think of homelessness, I could think of um, criminal justice reform or the fact that, you know, our jails are at capacity, um, our drug problem, educational reform. I, I could just think of so many things, but I think what I really, really wanna change is kind of like Nathan said, our divisiveness. And it's not necessarily between for me, it's not necessarily the, the schools or the students and, and the leadership. I think for me, it's just the leadership. Um, we have moments where, you know, we're fighting each other and yelling at each other, you know, in public arenas and, and, and not really helping each other out and not doing what we're supposed to do. Um, and I get things like this can be hard. Um, you're having to make critical decisions that affect the quality of, you know, of lives of others. And so I totally get that this is not a job for the week. Um, you have to be built for this. Like I said, you have to be called for this. But I do believe that leaders are the hope. For their people, their constituents. And what we say, what we do, how we act um, affects us as a whole, as a collective. So for me personally, it would to just be to be an example um, for my city. And I think from that point, lessening the divisiveness, I think from that point, we'll be able to really have these critical discussions that are needed in order to combat things like our housing crisis and homelessness and, and the criminal justice reform and our educational problems and, and red zoning and, and so many things that, you know, are neglecting 
in our community and why people are leaving out and why people, you know, aren't able to pay their bills or why there's so many abandoned houses and, 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 you know, just so many different things. But I think it definitely starts with our leadership showing up as leaders. Yes. Yes. Wow. Wow. I am so proud of both of you. I think you both are well prepared and competent to handle the task uh, that you are running for. And I, again, I'm just so proud and excited for both of your futures. Um, So we're wrapping up, but as I do all of my guests, I want to allow you the opportunity to share where people can find you on social media, if you so choose, share how they can get involved, how they can donate, um, because we know campaigns are not easy to run uh, without the finances. So um, just take this opportunity to share your socials and share where people can find you and keep up with your campaigns. So my Instagram is Sierra Cheyenne, C-I-A-R-A-C-H-E-Y-A-N-N. And I am active on Facebook. My name is Sierra Smith. And I do also have a campaign page. Through that, um, I do, I frequently, and I will be posting a link um, where people can um, donate to my campaign as well. And just interact with me. Send me messages. Send me ideas. If you just want to chat and talk, um, I'm pretty much open to open dialogue. I'm a very open person. Um, and thank you. I'm just excited. And thank you, Jordan, for having me. Um, um, yeah, so um, my name is, again, my journal was saying earlier, my name is Nick Alexander Third. Um, I'm a graduating senior um, at Prairie View University. Um, you guys can find me on um, social media, on Twitter. Um, my personal pages are at Just O Nate, um, just literally just then the O, the Nate. Um, that's my Twitter and Instagram. Um, my, um, you guys would like to donate to my campaign and be a part of the mission to rewriting our destiny. My, um, that information is in the bios of both of those social media pages. If you guys want to follow my professional Twitter, um, you guys can be a part of it. You know, I've only had, you know, I just started it like two or three days ago. So um, yeah, you guys can be a part of the first followers and stuff like that, but that is at NG Alexander three. Um, so yeah, um, just really connect with me. Um, I really look forward, looking forward to just kind of hearing your guys' thoughts. Um, you know, definitely message me, um, message me, let me know what I can do, um, how I can help you, um, and how I can be a service to you within your own communities back at home. Um, like, like Sierra was saying earlier, in order for us to truly, you know, really come out on top, it's going to take all of us coming together, um, sharing our ideas and really, um, developing, um, the next steps for our next generation that lies ahead. Thank you, Nathan and Sierra, for stopping by Popping Policies. I thoroughly enjoyed your insight, your input, and just the conversation all around. It was great. If you enjoyed this podcast, Please follow the podcast on Instagram at Poppin Policies Podcast, or you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at I am R Jordan for more updates on podcast episodes and their air dates. Learn to do right. Seek justice. Defend the oppressed. See you next time on Poppin Policies with R Jordan Davis. <laughs>